This is the Star Wars Ahsoka podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Star Wars Ahsoka Part 6, Far, Far Away. So that's it? You're just going to let me walk out of here? You helped my cause. Now I shall help yours. You should know, though, that once my starship departs, you'll be stranded here forever. It's also quite possible that your friend is dead. If you survived, I'm sure he's doing just fine. You've gambled the fate of your galaxy. On that belief. Welcome back, fellow rebels. This is the Star Wars Ahsoka podcast on TV Podcast Industries. And of course, we are talking about part six of Star Wars Ahsoka, Far, Far Away. I am one of your hosts, John. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. And is this the furthest galaxy away, also known as Chris? It, it might be a nearer galaxy, it actually. Well, exactly. It depends on our point of our view. Yeah. Is it a galaxy far, far away from a galaxy far, far away uh-huh. in our direction or the other direction? So is it even further, further, further away? Or since space is 360 degrees, it could be exactly the same distance away from Earth. Well, <laughs> yes. But are they the questions we should really be asking Probably after not. this episode? Yeah. Or should we be asking... <laughs> How many baby Star Destroyers were born after the impregnation of the Witch's Temple? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it's quite phallic. It was. I'm not gonna lie. It was. Well, I just was like <laughs> waiting to see little little Star Destroyers popping out. You might have to wait nine months um, or longer. We don't know the, the gestation period. The gestation um, period <laughs> of the Star but, but I guess there might be a spin-off movie in the future that might uh, explain that. I mean, it was really cool. I I loved I loved awesome. how that the the hangar bay of the Star Destroyer sort of just fitted over it neatly. But from a panned out view, I was like going, "Ah, oh, love in the galaxy far, far away." Can I say it's reminiscent of one very big scene? Do you, does anyone remember the original Stargate film? Yes. Where the pyramid spaceship comes down and sits on top of the other pyramid. Oh, right. That's what it looked like because it was dark and kind of grey. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, ah! So what it may have reminded our, my illustrious co-host John of a uh, a scene that would only be seen in biology class <laughs> uh, or in late night TV. Or at home, depending on your age. Or at home, yes, depending on. Uh, look, if you're doing it in biology class, even better. Um <laughs> It reminded me of Stargate. Well, Very good. Yeah, Very good. But this was more abiotic love, you know? Yes. The, the, sure. the meeting of a metal star destroyer with a stone tower. Yes. I guess. Mm. <laughs> it oh. is Isaac Asimov's if, uh, the, the, the <laughs> androids' dreams of love. Yeah, yeah potentially. And <laughs> they have been there for, like, at least two decades, so maybe there's a little bit of space madness that led them to try this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough of our... 
uh, weird and wonderful musings uh, mm-hmm. for this episode of our podcast. Because this was a great episode. It so really was. It really it. was. Yep. Uh, just a reminder, fellow rebels, you can pop on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com where you can join any Jedi or Sith orientated podcast player of your choice. We, of course, love to hear your weird, wacky thoughts and comments and mm-hmm. observations as well about all things to do with Ahsoka. Or your normal ones. Or your normal ones, of course. <laughs> uh, so you can send your emails to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or head on over to our Facebook group where we have our spoiler-filled episode posts uh, for you to comment on. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, that is over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries absolutely i'll tell you i'm really glad after every episode uh the, the official star wars site is releasing new posters of the characters that are coming in i'm really delighted because i just ran out of posters this week <laughs> i've been doing two per episode and just ran out this week and now we have brand new ones for thrawn for ezra bridger for um his new first in command um enoch yes uh, there's posters for him we have uh, posters for all the characters from last week for anakin skywalker everything so uh, loads more posters to use for our spoiler posts for the last two episodes thankfully what about Baby Star Destroyer? Do they have one? They of those? don't have Baby Star Dash. Destroyer. That'll be revealed in the final episode, post credit scene, maybe. <gasps> what about the Baba Freak knockoffs? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we'll talk about them, Chris. We'll talk about okay, them. Okay, good. It could be the adventures of Pee Wee Star Destroyer <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away, Absolutely. abandoned by its father, the larger Star Destroyer. Now, I don't want to teach you about anatomy here, but I would say that would probably be the mother. Well, that is true. But hey, anyway, look, we've gotten back to the topic that we got off already, yes, anyway. so we're going to move on. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, quick one. Uh, before we get into our coverage of this week, we got a little bit of quick feedback on last week's episode from Elizabeth. She says, hello, Derek, John and Chris. In your discussion of, of Ahsoka Episode 5, Shadow Warrior, one of you asked whether Ahsoka had previously shown any particular talent for communicating with entities like the Purgle. That was Chris, and we answered incorrectly. Um, So thanks very much for this, Elizabeth. Uh, She says, why, yes, yes, she had. In Tales of the Jedi, episode Life and Death, toddler Ahsoka was snatched by Uh, a saber tooth and carried back to its den. A frantic search party had barely set out when Ahsoka showed up riding on the back of the saber tooth, having convinced it to return her unharmed. That's when Gentica, an elder of the village, identified Ahsoka as being a Jedi. I think we need to create a new narrative principle, a la Chekhov's gun, when Purgles show up in episode three, sometime before the end of the series someone is going to another galaxy inside a space whale can't wait for ahsoka and hu yang to be burnt out of the other end excellent stuff elizabeth um yes i completely forgot about uh, tales of the jedi i didn't forget about tales of the jedi we even mentioned at the beginning of the series that we definitely had watched it again yeah, but we skipped what re-watching that episode for some reason because i think it had been shown before it aired we'd watched it when it aired and then we'd watched it again and then we didn't watch it for that last uh last yeah. rewatch we were catching up on the on the other episodes more more to do with the later life of ahsoka i just completely forgot because clearly since dave floney is involved in the animation wing of uh of uh those stories Clearly, that was the reason why he had an episode where it, which showed Ahsoka has that affinity for uh, dealing with animals and being able to control them right from birth. So, there you go. Yeah, that's great stuff. Excellent. Thanks, Elizabeth. Absolutely. Thanks, Elizabeth. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thanks yeah. so much. Um, we should also remind our fellow Rebels that we will have our Cantina quiz as well, popping up with our Part 6 question mm-hmm. later on in this episode. So, of course, stay tuned, keep the old ears peeled uh, as you will be listening to that question. And, of course, you can email us with all 
eight answers at the end of the season to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com to be in with a chance to get your hands on some Ahsoka goodies. Absolutely. Felt as though I slowed down there. Uh, but anyway, let us get into our spoiler-filled discussion. <laughs> I must be powering down or something. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know. Uh, with some of the episode details, Derek, far away. It's been a long week. I totally understand. Uh, executive producer for the show, of course, Dave Filoni. Uh, this episode written once again by Dave Filoni, who's written all the episodes so far this season. Uh, this episode six was directed by Jennifer Getzinger. Um, she directed two episodes of Agent Carter, which we hold fondly in our our memory of TV podcast industries, uh, also directed two episodes of Jessica Jones and an episode of Daredevil. So we've talked about Jennifer Getzinger many times uh, across the history of TV podcast industries. Yes, that's great. All three of those programs are held fondly. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mentioned last week, Chris, that this is the 10th anniversary of when we came up with the idea of doing podcasting. And we're up to (laughs) 700 and. 89 episodes. This is our 790 episode. So, yeah. We are literally a decade old of podcasting. From the thought bubble, from the uh, idea, I guess. Um, but we will be <laughs> celebrating that next year when we get round to our well, proper, it's more of a beer uh, bubble. It was a beer bubble. Do you know what we really, really <laughs> should do? We should record this. Other people want to hear our thoughts about this show. Yeah, it was only after Strangely, six Strangely, they do. Yeah. <laughs> Strangely, who knew? You guys actually do want to hear our musings, ramblings, and incoherent <laughs> thought bubbles that usually are my train of thought going. Wouldn't it be so much better if? Or what about why? Well, there you go. We do it with a lot less alcohol than we uh, than we yes. uh, used when we were coming up with the idea. Yeah, well, yes. Uh, we do have to think very hard about what we will be doing for mm-hmm. our thousandth episode, because that will be upon us very quickly well, let's yeah. do some kind of in-person thing or live podcast r- road show like all the big stars are doing yeah <laughs> we have 200 that episodes shut down by covid literally <laughs> like all the, yeah. the rest of day. we have 200 episodes to get enough of an audience to warrant doing that uh, that's what i say so go share the podcast with all your friends uh, and yes. they can hopefully uh, build up the audience so we can do a live podcast somewhere there you go uh, john let's get back to this episode of ahsoka uh, do you want to tell us the synopsis for star wars ahsoka episode six far far away sure while traveling with the Purgle, Ahsoka tells Huyang that she sensed that Sabine Wren willingly went with Balin's skull. Huyang surmises that Sabine's desire to find Ezra Bridger left her with no other choice. Meanwhile, in the distant galaxy, the Eye of Cyan arrives at Peridia, the ancient homeworld of Morgan Elspeth's people, the Dathmiri. Elspeth, Balin Skull, Shin Haiti, and Sabine Wren meet with the Great Mothers, a group of Night Sisters allied with Thrawn. As they wait for the Grand Admiral's arrival, Balin relates to Shin Haiti his belief that the fall of the Jedi and the rise of the Empire were part of the inevitable cycle, one he intends to break. Thrawn arrives with his Star Destroyer, the Chimera, and honors Balin's promise by providing Sabine with provisions, a mount, and the latest intelligence on Ezra's whereabouts. After Sabine leaves, Thrawn orders Balin and Shin to follow her so they can kill both her and Ezra. Surviving an ambush by bandits, Sabine encounters the native Noti and follows them to their village, where she reunites with Ezra Bridger. While tracking Sabine, Balin senses that there is a great power on Peridia and tells Haiti that he intends to find and use it. 
Meanwhile, the Great Mothers warn Grand Admiral Thrawn that a Jedi is coming with the Purgle. Deducing that Ahsoka is alive, Thrawn demands all the details of her history from Morgan Elspeth and asks the Great Mothers to aid him in a preparation for Ahsoka's arrival. Hmm. Is she having a magic birthday party or is it more sinister? I think it's more sinister. <laughs> Certainly sinister. given that this is also the Purgle's graveyard. Mm-hmm. And I think there will be a lot more to fill that graveyard when there was the order of, you know, fire without prejudice. <laughs> so Purgle, I guess, yeah. you know, young, old, um, you name it, the Purgles are going to be uh, in with a bit of turbo lasers when well, they arrive. Let's see. Let's see. Hope, hope not. The slaughter of, uh, of the Purgle might be a bit of a, a uh, horrible way to open <laughs> the next episode of the show. It might be. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Good old Disney and their wailing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the scenes. Should we jump straight into it, boys? Yes. Let us get into our top saber points for this episode. Saber point one. <laughs> Thrawn and his night troopers. Thrawn's here. Yay! Grand Admiral Thrawn in live action. Yes, absolutely. Do you know, I th- actually think this is my Doctor Strange moment in Star Wars. Okay. Actually, because I remember after the three original movies, episode four, five, and six, mm-hmm. uh, being sort of needy for more Star Wars, uh, the next kind of thing that I picked up was Timothy Zahn's uh, trilogy, which mm-hmm. introduced Grand Admiral Thrawn and his shenanigans in the galaxy far, far away, (laughs) which I just love because he is a unique presence in, you know, the remnants of the Empire. Uh, I mean, even during his time when the Empire was sort of Mm all-consuming and the power in the galaxy, you know, he is, dare I say it, a cut above most of the other Imperial officers or high command i mean the only one that to me that really comes close is grand moff tarkin you know Mm. it just the it it, it's that objective distant authority and ruthlessness in uh going about their command but thrones is different because it's one of understanding you know he gets or tries and attempts to understand dare I say it, his prey Absolutely. before he engages and it's that it's that philosophy which is different and the the planning mm-hmm. that he has you know always to be ready and um, but he's he's ruthless in you know how he operationalizes his troops or whatever like we hear in this so I just I just thought this was great and it it also helps that it's played by Lars Mikkelsen mm-hmm. and and with that voice you know, which is so familiar if you've watched Rebels mm-hmm. as he voiced uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn there. Absolutely. And, you know, just the intonation, the the cadence, the modulation yeah, of yeah. this is just really good. That kind of quiet threat that always seems to be there, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> A character that sat with all of us since the early 90s when we read that uh, that series of books. So uh, great to see him here in live action. How about yourself, Chris? What do you think of the introduction of Thrawn? I, I, I'm intrigued. So in the books, I always, and kind of even some of the, the follow-up novels, obviously The Air of the Empire kind of kicks it off, but the best way I have always thought of Thrawn is like Moriarty. Yeah. 
He he's literally he's almost like Sherlock Holmesian in that he's super smart. He's mm-hmm. he's so strate- he's so strategic. Yeah, he's Iron exactly. Man level for, if you want a Marvel reference. Like he has plans upon if you want DC reference, he's Batman. Right. He he's not a Jedi. He has no supernatural powers. Mm. He's just super smart and ruthless. Yes. So that's why I kind of lean into that Moriarty because he's yeah. just able to think ten steps ahead. He's able to kind of deduce steps and things and how people are going to act and yeah, react. And exactly. Like that. Mm. And he uses people's personal weaknesses for his benefit, or you know, yeah. that's what he attempts to do, or a whole culture's weakness to his yeah. benefit. It's, it is really, really ruthless. And, I mean, we see that in this episode, you know, it, in terms of... Now, he's quite open about it in, in some respects to Sabine by saying, you know, if you don't come back here, we'll leave without you. But also quietly ruthless in in, in effectively saying the same thing about Balin Skull and Shin Haiti, (laughs) that if they're not back in time, and that he is only going to send out the two detachments uh, to to follow up um, with Balon and Haiti because they don't have enough resources. You know, their resources have dwindled in Mm. this time, sort of in exile here. And so if they don't come back, you know, that's... A number he's willing to lose. So yeah. it, like, it is just that ruthlessness there. Um, the other thing that really sprung to mind here with me, um, which I really, really liked, and it's probably, I, I don't even know whether it's a thing and it might not be, but you know, his eyes are really, really red. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I really like is that his, his antagonist, in Ezra Bridger, his eyes are really, really blue. So it is almost like Luke's blue lightsaber of Ezra Bridger's eyes with the red <laughs> lightsaber of Darth Vader, which is Thrawn's like piercing red eyes. Okay. I don't know. I just suddenly was like, it was this kind of, it's just, just that motif being carried through. Is it actually on purpose here? Is that why they gave way. Ezra Bridger, mm. you know, really those piercing blue eyes? Yeah. Um, That's an I was like, catch, I don't yeah. know. Yep. But I kind of liked it, and Absolutely. I've made it up, and I thought, I'll run with it. <laughs> I like it. It might yeah, already no. be out there. Maybe I've co-created it with Dave Filoni. <laughs> <laughs> you get royalties I now. wish. They're not much until there's I a writer wish. at the moment, but they will be in the future. Yeah, yeah. I suppose just I suppose just to talk about one of the things about Thrawn that's interesting, you know, I know we've we keep referring to these novels that are now no longer canon that were written in the nineties, but what is interesting about them is those novels took place after Return of the Jedi, the first ever story written after Return of the Jedi. All the stories that we've seen thus far in uh, Clone Wars or in uh, in Rebels that featured this character of Thrawn were before Star Wars, before A New Hope. So this time right now that we've got him in Ahsoka is actually closer in time now to those yeah. original novels so yes. and that's the first time we've seen this we haven't seen him in any of the uh the sequel movies we haven't seen him in uh, in any of the other live action shows that take place during this time period or any of the animated shows that take place around this time either this is the first time we're seeing him around the same time that we first were introduced to the character so yeah. just thought that was quite interesting to have that this moment with him where he's effectively in the novels he would be coming back in to take over the void left behind after the emperor and uh, darth vader are gone so yeah. um so it's a it's just an interesting time to catch him right now yeah I, i'm just i'm really interested how they portray him now so we, we've got a good sense from this first episode of how 
they're going to play it. Again, they've also... For those who've done the homework and watched all the Rebels and Clone Wars, you kind of have a sense of who this character is already because that's Dave Filoni's character. That's how Dave Filoni has wrote this him as kind of all the way through. Now, Dave Filoni didn't write all of the stuff. He kind of just brought him in. He probably, the best way to say he's he's guided how he wanted Thrawn to be yeah. in these. Yeah. This live action, again, is Filoni. It's his first adaption of this character for live action. But I still feel... I'm interested to see how they condense. Because we just talked about how I think he's very Moriarty. Kind of, you guys talked about how, how, again, you also have that touch point from the books as well. So we have those kind of ideas in our head. What we've seen in this episode so far is a strategic general, somewhat, I don't want to say ruthless, I'm going to say callous, more just kind of cares about his unit, wants to get home. Yeah. Well, if it's you're both. not there, you're not there. I think, like, I think yeah. it's both. And it, it's also, it's his willingness to use people. So on multiple kind of things. So, you know, he's that final line where he says, you know, I, I, I need your dark magic, uh, the power of your dark magic once again, again. once again mm-hmm. for to the great mothers, um, are you know mm-hmm. the, the, those night sisters. So he's willing to utilize them. Yet I'm be interested to know whether he's going to take them back with him. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. yeah. he is, but I'm not entirely sure. Even with Ben the Skull and Hazy, you know they're Jedi technically. They would be his enemy, but he's happy to let them do their thing, but not necessarily reward them. So he will use them in a a moment to kill Bridger and Sabine, Mm -hmm. but will be more than happy to leave them behind and have no further use of them. So, like, even his, his alliances, you know, or that he builds in order to enact his, his strategy, as you say, you know, can be just so temporary. Absolutely. Um, and that's what's, I think really yeah. interesting about him, and you know, yeah, absolutely. And, and just to kind of kind of tick off those boxes of what we did learn about Grand Admiral Thrawn here in this episode, yeah, we learned that Ezra got away and he had no ability to catch him during those fifteen years or so, I believe, uh, that they've been in exile here. So Bridger is a bit of a thorn in his side, and as you say, John, he's willing to align with anybody to take out Bridger, but he has a bigger goal. Yeah. And the bigger goal here is getting back to the, the galaxy. So if Ezra doesn't die and he goes back to the galaxy and Ezra's left behind here, that's fine. That still solves the problem for him. But he'll take that last shot to take out Ezra while he has it. And yeah. that last shot is having his best friend go find him and then sending out the Jedi to take him out. Yeah. Then yeah. we have the fact that he's aligned himself with these great sisters. So willing to use magic, willing to use exactly. that against them. He's also turned the clone force that he went there with or the stormtroopers that he went there with in the in the chimera he's turned them into a force who are now shouting his name like a rallying cry as he arrives he's turned them into this worshipful worshiping group almost yeah. like hitler at the nuremberg rally is what we're seeing yeah you can see that from these troops they are very different type of troops than we've seen from stormtroopers or from clones before well it's even just speaking of the night guard enoch the the captain mm-hmm. of thrones guards you know just with the the mask is very um very cool it, it's very <laughs> Praetorian guard from the roman empire mm-hmm. you know it's 
it suddenly felt like gladiator with that on and i guess you know that notion of um these dedicated loyal troops like you say whether it's uh like equivalent of the ss with the fuhrer um mm-hmm. in nazi germany or here like the praetorian guard uh, with the emperor uh, the roman mm-hmm. emperor um it it's that kind of thing you know the praetorian guard were had to swear allegiance to the emperor and were his personal bodyguard yeah. and it feels very much like um you know this is the case with this group of stormtroopers absolutely there would almost yeah. be like the imperial guard in the red robes that you had with the emperor yeah exactly yeah. exactly they look like they've gone through some uh yeah some uh battles over the course of yeah. the time they're there some of them look held together with pieces of string yeah. but still standing to attention still calling out the name of thrawn yeah yeah no i and i think that that's going to be the thing I, I i have one ask of this for the remaining episode which is they for those of us who haven't done the homework I'm being facetious by joking about that, right? <laughs> what I would like is them to shorthand how bad and how calculating Thrawn yeah. is. How, like, why Thrawn is the new big bad. Mm. Like, I want them to shorthand that a bit. And I think the way to do that is you kill someone important, you do something like blow up Alderaan. Or you do you do something so cold and heinous, the the audience goes, "Cool, that's a bad yeah. guy." They He's did go- it in they did it in Star Wars: A New Hope with Alderaan. Oh wait, he they just blew up a planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got to have a like, win under his belt for sure. Exactly, yeah. you've got a bit. You've just got a basic because again, I understand. I I know who this character is. I my partner who watched this with me was like. I don't get why he is. He just seems like a general. And yeah. that was the response. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, that's actually fair. Like, all of us have the previous history and we're like, okay, we know why Thrawn is a big bad. Let's do something so despicable, heinous, calculating that the whole audience goes, yeah. Ahsoka needs to stop him. We need to call in Mando. We need to get Luke. We need to get the skeleton crew. We need to get every TV show yeah. that is Star Wars bound. At Boba Fett's coming in too, and those those moped uh, mod uh, gang they're coming in, and we're going to mm-hmm. go to the movie and we're going to take them down in the movie. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm like, glad they didn't do it in this episode. It's, no. it's you know this is an introduction episode. This is showing you the kind of power that he has behind him. He has yes. an entire Star Destroyer that he's in control of and this legion of followers who are worshipping him like a god. He's working with magic users who are the greatest, most powerful of all of the Night Sisters we've seen before. We know that from the reverence that Morgan Elsbeth gives them. And also, again, to go back to the two things that happen at the end of the episode. Number one, he calls out that Jedis usually use this pretend to be dead trick. Balan Skull is a former Jedi, so he is also a tricky character, so we'll leave them behind. And then secondly, he wants every piece of information on Ahsoka to learn who she is before she gets there. So those two things calling out that he's being tactical about it, yeah. he's being strategic about it, and he has this massive force behind him. And, um, yeah. and, and I think as well is that, in a sense, actually, he is just a big admiral. I mean, yeah. he is a grand admiral. Grand so, admiral. like, his... You know, he, he, what I mean, no, but I know that sounds weird to say, but it's just that 
Tarkin was a governor. He 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 controlled a system. You know, mm-hmm. th- this was a governor, and then kind of you know got um to a, a grand moff. He was almost like on the administrative bureaucratic. You know, like you see in Rogue One, where Director Krennic doesn't really want to hand over this military project to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we've seen in, in the Bad Batch, he keeps raising grades throughout yeah. his time. Grandma's um, talking, you know, talking, yeah. Thrawn is this master tactician and strategist mm-hmm. yeah. and was given the Grand Admiral rather than just simply an Admiral in the Imperial fleet mm-hmm. because of that overarching um, strategy, calculus... Uh, and planning and everything to help the empire and you see that a lot in rebels you know like there's the new tie fighter project that he's doing and that it's part of the reason why you know he tries to understand his his enemy it's coming from from that perspective so in many respects it is from a military perspective that thrown so I wonder whether it will just see him being raised like a military coup or military dictatorship that comes up and he ends up, he's a leader de facto through that route, you mm. know? Um, so I think that's also the thing, you know, he's not a Jedi, but he will, he will use them if he can align with them mm-hmm. um, or he will use the Night Sisters. So yeah. that's what's kind of interesting about him, at least for me. Um, I think the other thing I'll be really interested to see is if he gets into a fight because he is also a very good fighter mm. with a lot of weaponry, you know? Okay. Uh, the classic is his blaster holsters mm-hmm. at his side, but, you know, we've seen him using staffs and yep. all that, at least in Rebels. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, a bit, um, a bit more see... fencing-like. Uh, yeah, so yeah. it'd be interesting to see how he... How that plays out mm. how that's captured i think as well yeah in the future yeah yeah not a huge amount more about the introduction to thrawn and the night uh, the night troopers but one big moment that we get in this episode because we're going to talk about sabine obviously throughout this episode there's a lot more <laughs> about her uh here but one big moment is sabine wren meeting face to face with grand admiral thrawn yeah in rebels thrawn had done a lot to Sabine's family. Um, so they have a kind of a significant history. Yeah. So what did you think of the of the meeting of those two, John? I just, I, I really liked it because, first of all, you have Thrawn, you know, kind of just oozing this, almost, you know, this, this, this fake assistance to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I like the fact that Sabine, you know, is really combative with him. Like she doesn't call him Grand Admiral. Of not. It's, it's just straight it, off, it's thrawn. Straight off yeah. thrawn. You mm-hmm. know, she doesn't. She ultimately doesn't like this guy, and well, yeah. I guess that there is a huge surprise that he is even going to help help her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I love like um, just the fact that. You know, when he says you've gambled the fate of your galaxy uh, on that belief and Sabine just responds with, but that's something you wouldn't know mm-hmm. about friendship or anything like that. You know, she, in a sense, knows his personal traits as much as he knows hers. And that could prove to be really interesting, mm-hmm. you know, um, because... 
other than, you know, like with Ahsoka knows about Grand Admiral Thrawn, knows that he, he's a master tactician, all that, mm. but it, it feels more personal between these two. Exactly. And the same with Ezra Bridger as well, yeah. you know, they have humiliated him. Yes. You know, they've undermined his strategy Absolutely. previously. And it's that, like, exactly to your point, Chris, around Moriarty and Sherlock Holmes. And what, whilst it might not necessarily be a meeting of minds or, or equivalent <laughs> minds, yeah. it's the fact that it's Opposing almost voices. a competition between them yeah. at the expense of everyone that goes on around yeah. uh, to some extent. So for, for a lot I, of the time it was, as, as, as it is an animated show with multiple yeah. episodes, it was the Rebels versus Thrawn. Um, that was really their battle when other, when other battles were going on with Vader and other battles were going on with the rise of the other side of the Empire. The Rebels were dealing with, you know, uh, with Thrawn. And I just like the analysis that he brings, you know how he goes, how that singular focus, he says, you know, referring to Sabine's need or want uh, or choice to re- reunite with Ezra, he says, will shape the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and, you know, that counters to Ahsoka's, uh, the opening with Ahsoka and the conversation with Huyang yeah. uh, around her realizing when she was force-sensing back um, on Satos mm-hmm. that Sabine had gone willingly with the enemy, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I, I kind of really like that that kind of touch point. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, the other thing as well I just wanted to bring up was the fact that we do see uh, Thrawn's Star Destroyer here, the Chimera, mm-hmm. um, which I actually really loved and um, the patchwork repairs on it. And oh, gotcha. um, I just thought it looked really cool. So cool. I mean, I guess, I and mean, I guess it was just also because, you know, Thrawn is quite aristocratic in a sense as well. You know, it's straight back, high chin, mm-hmm. you know, shoulders back. It, it, there's, there's an air of aristocracy uh, about uh, him. It seemed at odds with, and I don't mean in a bad way, I actually like the contrast, but it seemed to, odds with this charity shop star destroyer that you know had been sort of repaired by piecing sort of bits of scrap that they've been able to find and mm. um, but i really really liked the look of it and uh, yeah. as i say even though i did giggle to myself about baby star destroyers i loved how it kind of just loomed over the the night sisters temple there on yeah. peridia uh even Sabine thought she was able to use the force uh, as the vibrations <laughs> of it sort of rocked the temple. As, as a it just great kinda, gag. Yeah, as it hovered over. Yeah. I really liked that. And um, the, the only thing that is in my mind is whether uh, at its helm will be Captain Paleon, um, his, his trusted captain through the books. Interesting. Will they bring uh, his captain through? Interesting, because I wonder if that's Enoch. Well, it could mm. be. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Enoch is just so cool that you've already mentioned all the all the cool details about how he looks. This uh, this gold faced um, master, I guess, at the, at the head of at the head of his army. But I must say, when he when he began speaking, that voice modulation that's coming through when he's speaking really reminded me of the Cylons from Battlestar Galactica, one of my yeah. favorite robotic voices in all of in all of TV and cinema. I love that voice. I always remember from when I was yeah. a when I was a kid, first watching sci-fi. So having that here uh, coming through from Enoch was really cool. 
So it'll be yeah. interesting to see who else is on board. Well, absolutely. Uh, two other the big, qu- two other big questions that we have here, though. Um, so there's three days now, um, three rotations, as they say in Star Wars, uh, before they leave. And one yeah. of the things that um, Thrawn says, the reason why it's going to be three days, is because he's bringing on board all of the cargo from the catacombs of these great mothers, the the night sisters who are here on the planet. Yeah, so yeah. what is he bringing on board? What's this thing that's so important to him that he's taking? You know, um, I think, Chris, you have dealt with the night sisters in uh, in, uh, in Jedi Fallen Order and in uh, in the Star Wars Jedi games, basically. Um, I know there's lots of scrolls, lots of information about historical events and lots of yeah. uh, magic scrolls that they have uh, to hand within that Star Wars universe. Perhaps he's getting together loads of long-lost magic to bring back with him to the other galaxy. So, but, uh, yeah. yeah, we know Balon is talking about a, a lost power. Yeah. So I, they very much, this is the Dathomirs, this is the, the Night Sisters, and also like Darth Maul's. Yeah. Um, home people. Mm. This was their. I uh, this is their home world or home system, and they they migrated with the Perkle. the Perkles yeah. to a galaxy we know well, well, mm-hmm. uh, very close and yet far away. Um, yes. So I think that they, there's ultimate. There's many venues and avenues they can go down. Mm-hmm. They can pull from the extended universe. Well, not called now the Legends universe now the books and there's many little things that are not the Force but like we know with the Night Sisters it's magic but it's not Force magic mm-hmm. it's something else yeah it could also just be cryogenically frozen because when you saw that first cart mm-hmm. being trans moved it did look like you could store a number of coffins in there. Like or cryogenically yeah, frozen. Yeah, I know what you mean. Kind it, it kind of looked like um, Han tube. Solo and carbonite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something that, like that. that. Like, thing. Yeah, it felt like the length of a body, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. for sure. And just to just so I understood you right, Chris, are you saying that this system is their home system, or do you mean? Because yeah. I understood, like, just with some of the background from. Uh, learning about the Night Sisters, or maybe it's that they were sort of in both systems. Was that they? Because you you hear them talking about, um, you know, how they used the the Pergil uh, yes. before. I guess they could travel anyway. Yep. They used the Pergil before the technology was available exactly. to be able to travel. But I assumed yep. it was from. The Star Wars galaxy to to there because we <laughs> yeah. have other seen, way around. yeah. But it's it the, the they've way. put they've they've colonized planets in the Star Wars galaxy over right. yes. history. Yeah, and that's why you yeah. have Darth Maul in that galaxy, basically. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think the, the Great Mothers and some of the other members of that society stayed on this planet. Others reached out and went into the other galaxy using the purple to travel there. So, uh, and then they spread out in the other galaxy. Okay, grand. Cause yeah. I, I could see why they would want to leave Peridia because, okay, we haven't seen it with the sun out yet, but I just thought it looked like a really wet day on some kind it's of Ireland. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> kind of like, gray. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not even like, nor- I was going to be rude and say Northern. No, it's like Giant's Causeway. You got a bit of, you got Ackle, you got mm-hmm. Mary, you got green, but then you got a lot of brown and gray yeah. and a lot, just kind a lot of, of like rock. Yeah. A lot of like, peatland and, and bogs. 
yeah, and stuff, exactly. and it's raining a lot, and it's yeah. windy, and it's not paradise. I was definitely it's thinking Ireland or Scotland, yeah, yeah, yeah without a doubt. Um, felt like they were filming uh, around this part of the world. So, definitely. Yeah. So yeah. no wonder they wanted to leave Peridia, but I guess you st- you need to see it in full sunshine. Oh well, yeah, absolutely. Yes. We live in Ireland, John. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm not yeah. thinking. No, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It looked really kind of grey and wet. I would think the 90-foot statues of screaming night sisters would put anybody <laughs> and make them want to leave their galaxy. I've got to get out of here. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was a cool a cool touch as uh, as the ship uh, flew it over the top of it uh, to see those screaming statues. Very cool. Felt, yeah. again, similar to the uh, ancient uh, societies in Lord of the Rings who would build these statues of 900 feet tall. Uh, I thought that was kind of yeah, cool. And just to say, Peridia is different from Ireland because I don't think the night sisters would have the crack. I don't think they would. No, I don't think they would. Yeah. They crack the stone. Wah, wah. Uh-huh. Oh, well, I think on that bombshell, Sabre point two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Balon's real plan. Derek. Yeah, I just think it's he's been this character that we've gotten to learn bits about as the episodes went on but still shadowy still didn't really know his motivation um but we get a lot more of that here and i really loved this scene that we have between balin and uh shin has his uh his padawan or his um his apprentice um i just thought that we we learned more about him we learn about his history um we even hear from thrawn calling him general saying that he was yes. a general as a jedi uh, who probably fought alongside in some way anakin skywalker during the clone wars um but he talks about the jedi order and talks about why he left um with shin hatai and i thought that felt really interesting that he's um he's saying that this cycle that we hear so often about in star wars uh star wars novels and movies this and animated shows everything talks about you know the rise of the jedi and then the fall of the jedi and the rise of the of the sith and then the fall of the sith and the rise of the empire and then the fall of the <laughs> empire and the rise of the jedi it's just this constant cycle where empires rise and fall jedi rise and fall and he's going enough of that there's a reason why it always happens I know the reason and I'm going to put an end to this and I'm going to use this great power that's available to me here. So you feel that while he calls himself a mercenary, he had a different goal in mind. He was setting himself on a course and on a path to be the one that stands in the way of another empire rising, which interestingly, and he calls it out in this episode, the enemy of my enemy is my friend when he aligns himself with the bandits. He calls that out here. Interestingly, if he's going to stop the rise of another empire, it will put him directly in conflict with Thrawn. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's really a, a great place to have this character of Balin Skull. Um, really gives him interesting motivation. He, he has that moment where Shin Hatai is saying to him, do you miss the Jedi Order? And he, it's played brilliantly once again. We, we've mentioned a couple of times um, that Ray Stevenson is so good in this role. Um, but that moment where he kind of reflectively thinks about it and says, no, I don't miss the Jedi Order because of how they turned out. I miss the idea of what the Jedi Order could have been, but it always yeah. goes into this cycle. So uh, loved those moments. Yeah. I, I, I'm fascinated by this power. For me, it was the Purgles go to this galaxy to die, or are they killed? Are they eaten? <laughs> is there something, is there a power here 
that can consume Pergos. Maybe. Because we, we basically, you come in with that beautiful shot of what we think were rings around the planet. <laughs> and it's just like a sea of bones, like Ma- the elephant graveyard. <laughs> exactly. Maybe Peridia is the planetary equivalent of Iceland or the Faroe <laughs> Islands that still hunt whales. Oh, God, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, I, I think Chris, I think you nailed the reference there—the the, the uh, elephant graveyard, where the place where elephants go back to yeah. towards the end of their life to lay down and die. Purgles use uh, intergalactic travel, use hyperspace travel effectively, and this is the last trip that they make. This is the one that's tread by every purgle, I suppose. So that's why it's such a um, such a definitive one point to the other point. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, this is this is where they come to die. So. In some ways, the fact that both Ahsoka and Ezra Bridger convinced the Purgle to take them to this place is probably quite a big thing because they probably only come here once, right? So they come here at the end of their life no, to I die. No, I thought they migrated. Yeah. They go back and forth across their lifespan. That's the way I took it. Yeah, that's the way I took they it. They do multiple well. journeys yeah. because if you think they have to, the, the, the Dathomir's, um, when they were, the Night Sisters, mm. when they were leaving this planet to go back yeah. to the gal- Star Wars galaxy, yeah. would have kind of took it but i take it as like there's a power here there yeah. is something be that the the whatever actual magic mm-hmm. that the night sisters harness exactly the, the, it's the ultimate power it's like in the wheel of time chris yeah like the one power yes mm-hmm. exactly it's like that's what the the night sisters are harnessing is the one power that's uh, that's here on this planet and maybe bell and skull is going to tap into that one power and break the cycle yeah. yes exactly yeah. like it's it's really interesting and i love the fact that because even like with the Wheel of Time, you know, Balin and uh, Sheen are there, and he talks about this is the land of dreams and tales, and a lot of that stuff is like in in myth and legend within mm-hmm. uh, the Wheel of Time. And I love the fact that he says, you know, it's time to find out, see whether these stories are true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, later on, that thing where. You know, that sense of power. I love what he says to Shin Hatai. Um, they seem eager to flee a power greater than that of the Dathmeri. Can you hear it calling? I feel it. Mm. Um, like it was such cool. a cool line, mm-hmm. so well delivered. You know, the other interesting thing he said in that little moment were, you know, him and, uh, Shin are tracking Sabine, um, is that, he says that he knows Ezra was trained in the wild as a Bokan Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he looks at Shin Hatai and says, uh, you know, you are more than a Jedi. I, I kind of like trained you to be more. Yeah. Yeah. I've trained you to be more. So mm-hmm. I like that idea of where he's coming from with that. And, mm-hmm. and, and indeed I actually thought Balin and Shin. I really like their dynamic in this episode. Absolutely. Even though there was still wasn't too much back and forth, it felt sort of much closer. Yes. And um, because she's kind of, you know, Portion Hatai has been sent on errands by <laughs> Morgan Elspeth all the mm-hmm. time. So she's hardly been with him. You know, she's been a bit dubious about the night witches and so on. But I just felt this kind of really close connection. And yes. I still think after this episode, um, not that I can always pronounce the name, but it does. I do wonder, like I said in last um, episode, whether you know it, it's a translation of you know the Dark Jedi Joris Kaboth from um, Timothy Zahn's okay. sort yeah. of original trilogy. Yeah, um, because 
in, in a sense, yes, he like you were saying before, he will be up against Throne, mm-hmm. but he will also be up against Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And right. Joris Kaboth was kind of a bit like that in right. that trilogy. So I just wonder. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, the, the, the power for me is the interesting part yeah. because we, we have a young trainee with no power mm-hmm. who is good at everything else, good at fighting, but with someone who, Hoang uh, said, like, you're not going to, like, he doesn't feel like she's going to have enough power to do this. Ahsoka does not feel Sabine has enough power to access the force well. Yeah. Like training, 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 training. So either potentially what they might do is being is like we've already talked about many a time, she'll find her connection point and then it will, the floodgates will open and she'll be able to do something. Maybe. Or yeah. you give her the power. Mm. This power, this, this amp up, this superpower that Balin Skull wants, you give it to Sabine. That's then becomes hers. Then she has her own power that is outside the force she's not a jedi she's something else mm. and that's why you can do that i i, I want to see what this is it reminds yeah. me very much of el dorado like you're going to this mythical city this mythical place to get this mythical thing and the the story is really much more about yeah. the journey and things like that but now they're here mm-hmm. i i want to know what this I, again i know they're going to tell us but again you're just kind of like what is this great power mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and like, is it actually a folklore, a folk tale, or is it an actual thing? Because he, he Balin Skull definitely says Peridia was a story he heard for yeah. his childhood. Absolutely. And again, remember he's old, so and it came from before the Jedi. Yeah, we so, we heard even Ahsoka talking to Hu Yang at the start of the episode, saying she heard about the Purgle from his stories. She heard about this yeah. other galaxy from his stories that he told. In the last 25,000 years in his history of the universe, parts yeah. one, two, and three. <laughs> but I also do like, you mentioned about the closest between, uh, between, uh, Balin and, and Chinatai here. Uh, I do like that her response to him talking about these myths and legends are sometimes they are just stories. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. so she's not fully bought into, to no, it, but, not at all. but that's what I kind of like. You know, there isn't this just a master and apprentice relationship. She is still willing to question him, kind of like uh, Ahsoka would have been with Anakin Skywalker yeah, as well. That kind exactly. of, uh, she will still question some things from her master. As I say, I just really enjoyed their dynamic cool. in this episode. Yeah, yeah, really um, cool. But shall we move on to our Saber point three? <laughs> we find Ezra Bridger. Yes, we do. Hooray. I know this is just such a big moment and I was really worried um, that we wouldn't actually see him in the episode. <laughs> I thought, you know, guess who Guess who I thought uh, originally uh, Ezra Bridger was? I thought that was going to be Enoch. I thought we'd uh, we'd have the mask uh, taken off and reveal that Ezra had been turned to the dark side and is now the leader of um, the forces of Thrawn's uh, army on this That's planet. That's literally what I thought already. Whereas here so- we guess... Um, Sabine uh, going out into the uh, wilderness to go and find um, Ezra so uh, so happy with those scenes as well I thought it was really good having her on the hunt uh, trying to find him uh, using all of her skills to to track him that was cool um, yeah defend it, against the nomads as well yeah but but interestingly you know questioning as to why they're being so good to her uh, they're saying to her that they're going to stand over Balin's promise uh, they give her back all of her weapons they give her back her entire Mandalorian armor as well so to make sure that, that Sabine doesn't question um, that they're definitely 
holding up their end of the bargain. So she gets everything back. She gets Ezra's lightsaber, her guns, and as I say, her full Mandalorian armor, obviously minus the helmet, which Huyang still has. Um, so, and out she goes on the howler, um, kind of the mix of a horse and a rat and a dog. I was thinking of the wogs from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Mm, similar, yeah, similar, but yeah. Um, a lot cuter. Uh, as it goes on. I really like this Fowler. I thought it was quite cute, really. It just reminded me of a massive anteater. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, kind of, with the snout and the tongue. And mm. It was, was ha- cool. Yeah, I was it- having to convince Derek all the way through the episode. It was like, going, like, he's really cute. He's kind of got slightly sort of goggly eyes and... I love the fact that he was like licking his lips when the notey were there. He was mm-hmm. like, you know, being told to to stay back by Sabine, but he was still kind of looking at the notey as oh, a, yeah. a quick lunch. We we have uh, seen that. His any, chops. any dog owner has seen that look uh, where it's yes, I'm obeying your command. Yes, if I have the opportunity, I will eat that thing you told me not to eat. <laughs> Those two things are going on in my head right now. Yes, do not exactly. turn your head. Oh, you've turned your yeah. head. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, this was cool. And I, I think as well. Even just... the kind of sneak back from the howler when uh, she when Sabine uh, kicks it away and tells it. Uh, you were a coward. You've been yeah. a, bad, a, bad, yeah. a bad creature. You didn't stick up for me. Uh, if I'd known, I would have taken you with me. And you see it kind of sneak back in. That's very animated show. That's it, the kind of humor in Star Wars. Yeah. I like it. I, I liked it as well. Even where Sabine says, you're just embarrassing yourself yeah. now. As he's like <laughs> yeah. sort of sniffing in the rock until... It be it comes to life as as, as the noti the, the, the yeah I guess don't put garlic and butter close to the noti otherwise it might be a bit of escargot on the menu escargoti yeah ah! <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, yeah no there is something a little more important that the noti have uh, that leads Sabine to finding uh, Ezra Bridger though uh, they have. The rebel's symbol, yes, which was designed by Sabine all the way on this other side of in a brand new galaxy. So she knows for a definite fact she's on the right trail. Um, I think everybody knows that uh, knows that symbol because it is the Rebel Alliance symbol now, but uh, designed in Rebels for the crew of the of the Ghost uh, by Sabine. So the minute she sees it, she goes, "Ooh, hang on a second, I recognise that." And every every member of the Noti all has the little symbol around their neck. So I uh, love that little moment of deduction, something that maybe other people wouldn't have noticed if it wasn't Sabine um, on the trail of Ezra. So I thought that was quite cool. Yeah, I just can't f- see the Noties taking down uh, Thrawn's, Thrawn's uh, uh, stormtroopers. I'm just like... yeah. I'd say they have how, limited how, involvement in this, and they may have teamed up with Ezra Bridger to get his protection from the stormtroopers yeah, yeah. potentially. Unless they like, turn out they... to be murderous, like the Ewoks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Or basically, they go into their shell, into the rock, and Ezra just hurls them at people. <laughs> he just force pick levitates and throws them. Yeah, and it's just like boulder. Boulder. <laughs> that's that's why the Star Trek Destroyer has holes in it. Maybe. Basically, <laughs> Ezra is just like kind of trebucheting these Noti. I right, look, the Noti are fun. Uh-huh. They they are going to be the new another Ewok, another Babu Frick. They like they are designed to be Star Wars cute. And that's Star Wars cute is still good. Yeah. And they're like the porgs that were there because yeah. they couldn't get rid of the puffins mm-hmm. and the birds when they're filming in, in Ireland. Um, but it's just, they're, they're cute. They're, they're cuddly. Well, 
They're cute. They're cute. Yeah. Uh, there yeah, was a baby cute. one as well back at their kind Huge of caravans with, yeah. with the big eyes. So okay. I, I was immediately thinking, you know, well, this is um, is the new plush toy for Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, Grogo-esque, um, I, yeah. I guess. Yeah, potentially, yeah. potentially. Yeah. Um, but I also like, you know, honestly, the connection back to Ezra here. You know, he's found himself on a galaxy far, far away, not knowing anybody at all, and has aligned himself with creatures again having used that power that he has his connection with animals and with, with other creatures so <laughs> that makes it sound um, more so much that. darker like he's keeping them there <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> against their he's will yeah. <laughs> oh, <letters> free. <laughs> not at all but no. I'm, I'm talking about that connection that he has the the way that he's able to communicate with other creatures even though he doesn't know their language doesn't necessarily know everything about them but he's able to have that connection yeah. with them and he does seem to be in a position of, of in some power, I guess not. Maybe not power is not the right way, but he's the one that calls for them to remove their settlements, kind of showing that they're more a nomadic race. They don't stay anywhere yeah. for yeah. very long. So as soon as Sabine's found him, they have a quick moment together, and then he goes, "Right, we need to pack up our stuff and move because effectively, if she's found them, somebody else could be right behind." Well, her, so. that's it yeah. as well. And I actually, I really like this moment um, with Sabine reuniting with Ezra Bridger mm-hmm. because. Awesome. You know, there's so many questions coming from Ezra, you know, how did you get here? How did you get Howler? Um, and kind of just deflected by Sabine mm-hmm. because she knows Ezra won't like that answer. Without um, it. You know, and... I've put the entire galaxy in jeopardy to find you yeah. is not the answer that Ezra's going to like no, at all. exactly. Yeah. And I, I kind of liked that awkward moment. And, and I mean... Ultimately, with Sabine saying, you know, I just want to enjoy this moment mm-hmm. um, because it will You're kick off. When, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're going to kick off uh, when uh, when you find out how I got here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've endangered not just one galaxy, but two, because I basically want to see my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, again, for me, I don't have that much attachment to Ezra, but I like the way that they, they do have him as somewhat of a cheeky chap um he had that cheeky grin mm-hmm. he had that very warming smile he has learned naughty language mm-hmm. uh naughty or naughty 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 yeah. he's learned the naughty language that's the 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 the, the highbrow for us down low the low cats it's all right naughty ah. <laughs> um i i look i i think it's going to be interesting in the next episode to see how they extend it out I didn't see a lightsaber. Uh, I couldn't see it on him. Yeah, that's because Sabine has his lightsaber. Oh, so she has to hand it over. Well, has to. I don't know. She's not a Jedi, and it is his lightsaber. So, um, although Hu Yang said it is now your lightsaber when she uh, when she first used it. So, uh, since Ezra hasn't been around, so maybe he's made a brand new one for himself. But um, okay. but that is well, his he lightsaber. Did, he did create one, didn't he? Yeah. Like in yeah. Early Rebels, he created his blaster one. All Jedi's create their own lightsabers, yes. Yes, yes. So he's created one before. Maybe he's taken some of those parts of Stormtroopers and grafted that into its, uh, <laughs> its own lightsaber. Uh, oh, over here. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. so going to do that. They're going to do... Oh, my God, that's going to be cool. <laughs> it's going to be very much like the Cal Kestis one, which is kind of slowly broken, kind of fixed up, patched and repaired. It might be that. It'll be, yeah. yeah. diff- be look cool. Yeah. 
There, I'm just hoping for more toys. That's literally <laughs> what I'm... <laughs> Come on, Disney, give me a way to monetize and Absolutely. Go money. to DisneyShop.com uh, for all yes. your Ezra Bridger needs. Definitely. Yeah. So... But it was really cool to see him. And, and again, um, exactly as you say, very sm- small moment with him, but I like that it's a cheeky yeah. moment. I like that it's the, yeah. you get the smile. He it looks very well cast as Ezra Bridger, Definitely. even though we've only seen Ezra as a young kid uh, for the most part. Um of, co- I of felt, course, he's gone beardy like everybody does yeah. uh, in the last couple of years. Hopefully, he yeah. gets someone to shave that thing off. But uh, Definitely. Yeah. I, I felt that just from that short moment, um, this was good casting. And he has um, the eyes as well. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be cool. Yeah, definitely. Just roll on next Wednesday. Anything mm-hmm. else for Saber Point 3? Or shall we move on to our notes? Any notes? That's it. Just very happy that we uh, that we found Ezra Bridger. Um one thing I really liked here, um, I like that there's a henge on either side of the mm. uh, the Purgle uh, travel. Yes. Uh, what I do like is as they walk up to the henge on uh, on Peridia, um, that there's a little nod to 2001 in the music. Uh, definitely uh, pick that up from, uh, yeah. from Kevin Connor. And that yeah. was a great shot as well. I absolutely fell in love with that shot mm. as Elspeth and... Balin and so on are walking in, uh, towards the henge there, yeah. and it's the the camera's just back at an angle. It was just really, really cool yeah. shot. Awesome, it felt epic. Awesome, yeah. Agree on that. And I do have a complaint about this episode because <gasps> it was really irritating me. Ooh. They've introduced the Purgle in this show. Yeah. They called them by the name the Purgle in this show. How does everybody continually refer them refer to them as space whales, and why? We've never seen whales in the Star Wars universe, so why would they be calling them space whales? Other than for the audience who go, I can't remember what Purgle are. Um, so we'll just keep calling you've them space whales. Question. That's literally you've answered your own question. It's there. just poor writing from my point of view. We've seen <laughs> Purgle multiple yeah. times now. We know what they are. Our main characters inside the mouth of a Purgle and calling out as the camera zooms in. She's inside the mouth of a Purgle. You don't need to kill them space whales, and it's weird that every character here refers to them as space whales. I yeah. find that odd. And it, it's <laughs> it's also the fact that, like you said when we were chatting about this, um, you know, Chewbacca was always known as a Wookiee, other than when he was a walking carpet, and Princess Leia <laughs> called him that, but yeah. he wasn't referred to as a walking carpet or, you know, the... Um, space the bear teddy bear. The space, space bear. Yeah, space bear or, mm-hmm. or space, you know, whatever. So... Yeah. You know, I think it's a valid point. It's like, you know, you've introduced, you've spent time to introduce these creatures. And like, to be honest, the complaints from people that aren't fans of Rebels are that they spend way too much time um, with the Purgle last episode and the episode before. So why undermine it by calling them space whales? Especially because they're not, they have squid legs. So uh, they're not space whales. Yeah. They're space squids. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, space squid whales, uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> if you're going to go through all the things that they're made up of. Uh, they were designed as Purgle. They're Purgle. I just don't know why people are calling them uh, something different, especially because we all know of them in the universe. But that's my little uh, little complaint for the episode. Uh, any other notes from you guys? Uh, none from me. Uh, oh, John, you mentioned earlier on one thing uh, about the Boken Jedi that Bo- yes. that Balin calls um, Ezra Bridger a Boken Jedi. Uh, new word uh, for Star Wars. This isn't something that has been mentioned before. I had to Google all around finding out what a Boken Jedi is. It just means a Jedi trained in the wild, but that's only from the description in Balin here. It's not a known term for uh, for what Ezra Bridger's done. Most uh, most 
Jedi have been trained in the temple in the past up until this point. So, uh, so this is Balin's word for a Jedi trained in the wild, just in case. Oh, okay, so every Jedi now going forward is a Bokan Jedi. Until Luke so, sets up you... his temple and they will be then temple trained Jedi. They're not trained in the wild. They're trained okay. by a Jedi master in the traditional way, effectively. So uh, that's the understanding of the term because it's brand new. So <laughs> there you well, go. Maybe the Bokan was the real traditional way before they built the temple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The cycle begins again. Mm, Exactly. (laughs) Good stuff. Excellent. Right, let's get on to our final thoughts for Ahsoka uh, Part Mm 6. Derek. Oh, I love this episode. This is awesome. Really, really cool. Uh, finally getting to see Thrawn in live action. Lars Mikkelsen bringing it uh, with his intimidation uh, on screen. That voice is so good. Um, I thought his troops added so much of an extra element of something brand new to the Star Wars universe, even though it nods to things we've seen before, uh, seeing the origin of the Night Sisters through these great mothers. Um, what they are bringing to this world is awesome. And here we have uh, Ezra Bridger back uh, on the good side as well. That's cool. And then, of course, we have layered into that. We have a bit more motivation for Balin and what his real plan is. That's uh, Those are all uh, great things for this episode. So, uh, interestingly, didn't get very much of, uh, of Ahsoka in her own show. She did start out the episode, and they did, of course, deliver the one line we didn't even mention. Uh, Hu Yang saying, in a Star Wars related property a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, true, actually, finally yeah. appearing in the story and making total logical sense why this character would say that. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Really enjoyed it. Uh, loving this series so far. Uh, two more episodes to go and I want to see uh, how it breaks out in the massive cl- cliffhanger of Thrawn arriving into this uh, former Star Wars galaxy, I guess. Uh, that's going to be cool. Excellent. Chris, part six thoughts, please. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I really did. Um, I had a, a qualm, if you want to call it that, in just that Thrawn. I just need, they need to, I would like to see them show why he is <laughs> the big bad. Because for people, for the rest of the audience. Yeah. No, I totally need, agree. They need, that, they need that touchstone. Yeah. I was giggling because I had in my mind that you might say, I need to know where it's going. And I was going to reply with, well, they're going back to the galaxy. (laughs) Sorry, that was my own head joke. And all I was going to say was, (laughs) and all I was going to say was, next week on Ahsoka episode seven, here's the reason why Thrawn is the big bat. Yeah, that's that's coming up. Uh, We just introduced in this episode. So, yeah. 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 Uh, So, again, looking forward to seeing where they go on this. Uh, Looking forward to seeing Ezra. Over the next couple of episodes, seasons, like Ahsoka season two, I think, like building this character out, I, again, you've had years with him. I've had a couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so really getting to the depth with this character who's been stuck by himself and uh, Noti uh, for uh, 15 years, mm-hmm. uh, by stranded by himself against an army. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's going to be the interesting. I want to hear a story. If you're going to give me a flashback episode, or do it next week. Give me basically Ezra telling the story of how he survived and what he's done and showing how evil Thrawn is. Mm-hmm. Really, I just basically, we're here. We're set up. Ahsoka's on her way <laughs> for her own show. Mm-hmm. Let's go. We've got two episodes left. I really, really want them to ramp the gears up and mm-hmm. really give me that story. Give me this like bring all bring it all together and show me again 
why these characters are so important and so great. Um, so while this episode was fun, it's like if I was going to do a John score, it would be a 3.5 for me. Oh. I really just oh, need okay. more. Mm. I need more of this. <laughs> um, but that's for now. I want to see where we're going. I look forward to next Wednesday. Excellent stuff. John, how about yourself? Final thoughts on this episode? <laughs> well, awkwardly, <laughs> awkwardly following that score, um, I, I'm going to give this uh, five intergalactic planetary out of five uh, because I really love this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, I'm happy with Thrawn, Thrawn's introduction. Absolutely loved it. Um I yes, I want to see more of him and and so on for sure. Um, interestingly, wouldn't it be great if they didn't? If they just went right, we're not actually going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, next it would week. be Ezra and Ezra and uh, Sabine hop into the Purgle, They head back and then that's it. Uh, they, take, <laughs> they take out the uh, take out the the ISI on, on their way out, so uh, so he can't leave, and that's it. We never see Tron again. Yeah, well, interestingly, <laughs> you know, given we've got, two, <laughs> we will see more. Yeah, yeah, I mean, given we've got two episodes left, I can imagine this now to be sort of a two episode Filoni spectacular, actually. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. and I'm looking, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> no, I hope so too. And I'm really looking forward to it because, um, you know, Filoni does that, has, oh, has done that so well. Um, I think in the animated series. Yes. And I think we've seen those glimpses here, such as in the last episode, mm-hmm. uh, as well as, uh, peppered throughout this series so far. And I can see that, you know, the last two episodes could potentially be an absolute ride, to be honest. I hope um, so, so yeah. yeah, really hope so. So yeah, I loved Thrawn's introduction. As I said, I loved just seeing his machinations playing out here. I mean, even with Elspeth, you know, she kind of, she, she introduced herself as, you know, his loyal servant. Mm. Uh, and yet he was basically <laughs> sort of, you know, going against his promises in public to her, um, at like against Balin, you know, whether I wondered if she was just getting a little bit nervous. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. You know, and well, shouldn't uh, you be sending more troops out with yeah. Balin to, to no, and, no, exactly. I can't spare them. This is what you're getting. Yeah. It's very, I wonder whether she was very much putting her a back bit, in the place. I a think. bit nervous, <laughs> a bit worry. So I really like that. Loved seeing Ezra. As well, mm-hmm. you know, these two characters. Um, so I, I loved having his introduction. Um, I loved the magic element with the Night Sisters and Thrawn and then with Balin, uh, with this power, you know, as he says, uh, calling, uh, and which he can feel like that just sounds really, really great. Uh, and just knowing Ahsoka is on the way, um, uh, by which time, Thrawn will have had and read his dossier from Elspeth uh, to be able to do something. I mean, you know, it's not inconceivable we're going to get a big death here. I mean, Absolutely. I know it was only the Bad Batch, but we, we lost tech in the Bad yeah. Batch. And, you know, uh, I know, spoilers. And Filoni will do death. Absolutely. Um, we so, lost Kenan Jarrus, one yeah. of the central characters in the show in Rebels. Exactly. That was so, the, the animated version of this. So, yeah, very likely we're going to lose very somebody else here. interesting. Yeah. So, yes, uh, in the spirit of the Beastie Boys, I give this five intergalactic planetary out of five uh, for me. Excellent stuff. 
I know we mentioned Hu Yang and uh, Ahsoka's moment um, at the beginning of the episode, but one thing that we didn't mention out of that, just to, I guess, underline it slightly, um, Ahsoka tells Hu Yang about um, Sabine's betrayal in her mind that she saw it through the Force, and Hu Yang kind of slaps her on the hand for that, saying the Force doesn't always tell us exactly what's there. Maybe it was Sabine's only choice. Um, to make this decision. It's not necessarily a betrayal of you or the teachings that you've given her. It maybe is the only choice that she saw. So I like that. I liked, uh, I liked hearing, uh, Yang put it into a bit of perspective yeah. for Ahsoka. Yeah. Well, Ahsoka was probably kecking herself thinking, oh no, it's dark side bound or yeah. something. Right? <laughs> That's literally so. where my brain was going. Was like, <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh no, I've aligned myself badly again. Yeah, I know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I know, but I guess that's the risk for Ahsoka, given she was the apprentice for Anakin. Well, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. Absolutely. But. Good stuff. I think it's time for a drink, guys, after all the fun of uh, a brand new galaxy. Let's head off to the cantina. Yes. Do it. Fellow rebels, fellow quizzers, welcome to the cantina. Pull up a stool, uh, get yourself a blue milk. uh, Or something harder. Or something harder. Or you can add something a little harder into Mm -hmm. the blue milk. Uh, Maybe some Kahlua. And some vodka. And, and make, a, make a blue Russian. I a guess. blue Russian, exactly. Yeah. Uh, to go with Grand Admiral Thrawn. There you course. go. I like it. Um, <laughs> it all came there, John. he's Russian. <laughs> I know that wasn't planned, but uh, but that came came together quite well. Yes, it did really. <laughs> uh, we are mixologists in the go. cantina, of course. But let <laughs> us uh, not digress any further yep. with weirdness and wonderfulness. Uh, let us get on to our question six for part six of Ahsoka. So here we go. The question is, how do the Great Mothers describe Sabine to Grand Admiral Thrawn? Ooh, very good. Ooh, that's a really interesting one, John. I like it. I like it. Uh, that's the sixth question in our rounds of our Soka Cantina quiz. Uh, pop on over to the website at tvpodcastindustries.com if you've missed any of the questions so far. Um, but if you haven't, Put that together with the answers for the other questions. And at the end of the season, uh, email us with your answers to all eight questions to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com to be in with a chance to get your hands on some Ahsoka goodies. John, do you want to get the question one more time? Sure. How do the Great Mothers describe Sabine to Grand Admiral Thrawn? Brilliant. Let's hear some thoughts from our fellow rebels. Excellent. First up, we got an email in from Coffee and Vodka who says, Greetings, fellow witch-watching defenders. Stepping linearly from the last episode to our introduction to Thrawn, a nice sense of understated power, and I love the state of the Chimera and his night troops. Everything speaks to a long wait in exile. The look of the planet itself also speaks to a played-out history, which I can't wait to see how Balin turns around to end the Empire Jedi cycle. I can only assume Thrawn was never that bothered about finding Ezra, considering how short a time it took for Sabine to locate him. Too bad about the two squads that also have to be left behind. Would hate to draw the short straw on that one. All in all, a very well-executed episode. This whole series so far seems to ask one major question. Why didn't Disney just throw everything to Filoni and Favreau? 4.5 noties on a half shell, howler commandos, 
and ancient acquaintances out of five. Peace and take care. Coffee and vodka. <laughs> I love it. Howler Commandos. Hello, just, yes, just for me. Just for me. And nobody's on a half shell for Chris. Yeah. No, nobody's on the half shell is the one I'm like, yeah. I'd watch that. I'd actually watch that. Oh, God. No, <laughs> don't. They'll do a Christmas special. Oh, exactly. That's why I'm like, nobody's in the half shell. Nobody power. Um, it would be amazing. That would be very awesome. Absolutely. Good stuff, coffee and vodka. Yeah, loved the Chimera and mm-hmm. the, the state of it. As I say, straight from the charity shop. Uh, it was really, <laughs> really good. The other thing that tickled me in this episode was where one of the Night Sisters said um, she reeks of Jedi to Sabine. Uh-huh. Uh, and all I could think was Sabine. It's the new Eau de Cologne or the new perfume <laughs> in, in, in the Star Wars world. Reek of Jedi. Reek of Jedi. Available now at your local pharmacy. Yes. <laughs> anyway, again, I digress. Gosh, I'm weird this episode. <laughs> it's late on Thursday night. But yes, good stuff. Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Next up, we have some feedback from the one and only Darth Von Doom. Greetings, new Republicans. My fave episode so far. Mm. The Purgle hyperspace effect was very cool. Oh, yes. Yang's opening phrase seemed like fan service, but once thought over, quite fitting as he retains the history of both galaxies. Mm-hmm. The Dark Sister spheres remind me of those in the old Phantasm films. Thrawn's appearance reminds me of Dracula or even Mephisto with a touch of Hannibal Lecter. Charming, cold, calculating and deadly. Mm-hmm. What cargo is being loaded on his ships? Really corpses for a zombie army? Bale and Shin conversations are interesting. What is his plan? Will Balin sense Thrawn's double cross and aid Ahsoka and the others? I would have thought Sabine might get acquainted with the Howler before mounting it. <laughs> Then it might not have abandoned her against the nomads. I would like some Beskar armor, please. The note here, quaint. I was always impressed with Ezra's ability to connect with creatures and other beings. The Night Sisters dropping a dime on Ahsoka's approach really annoyed me. They gotta go. <laughs> All right, Sabine. Happy time is over. Fill in Ezra on what's happening. Give him his damn lightsaber. The Force is strong in you, Darth Von Doom. Great stuff, Darth. Uh, thanks so much for that feedback. Yes, uh, that hyperspace of the Purgles, just slightly mm-hmm. different. You know, a bit of colour other than blue in there mm-hmm. uh, that we saw. So also I, just through their teeth. Yeah, it, it was just it's <laughs> obviously a slightly different uh, hyperspace when you go, dare I say it, intergalactic planetary. <laughs> um, but yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, the other... The zombie as- army. <laughs> yeah, the other aspect was the nomads as well. Um, they did have a hint of the sand people in terms of the yes. the tone, mm-hmm. uh, which yes. I thought was really cool. Yeah, that was very yeah. cool. For me, I like Dart's idea of the zombie army. We do know that there is potentially necro- necromancy some kind yeah. in the Star Wars universe, so this could be that. Is he bringing an army of zombies? back with him for his you've had clone troopers you've had stormtroopers now you've got zom troopers yeah well and interestingly maybe that links to thrawn's uh, comment where he says death and resurrection are common deceptions played by night sisters and the jedi mm-hmm. yeah. oh i like Ooh. it He's basically telling us that yeah. he's going to be bringing people back from the dead. Ooh, zombie armies. I love it, Darth Van Doom. Well done. Thanks for that. Uh, John, I think we should head over to Facebook. 
Yes, absolutely. Over on Facebook, Russell Hooper says, Quick thoughts. So glad to see Ezra and Sabine reunited. Am I the only one who wanted more than a hug? <laughs> Steady. It's going to take some time to get used to how Mithra Naruto looks. His face was more angular in Rebels. I told my wife that we need to remember that he's older now. Mm-hmm. My biggest complaint is that his eyes aren't a bright red. I always thought that would stand out more. Mm. Ezra went from Aladdin to the Apostle Peter from The Chosen. <laughs> he looks great. I cannot wait to see him in action. I like the dog horse, the howler. How does Sabine know how to communicate with it already? I think Balin Skull and Shin Hasey will turn on Thrawn at some point. Mm-hmm. The friend who is the enemy of my enemy might end up being Ahsoka. Mm. The Chimera and her stormtroopers look wrecked. <laughs> he has a long night out on, on the batter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 15 what, years. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What has Thrawn been doing all these years? Mm. I give the episode four of Noti out of five. I realise this is a setup episode, but it's still too short. <laughs> uh, thanks so much, Russell, uh, for for those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I love your uh, <laughs> I love your comment on Ezra. Yes, Aladdin to Apostle Peter, indeed, uh, for sure. And I'm glad you like the dog horse, the howler. Yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty cute as well. Absolutely. I, and I think maybe, just maybe. Don't know. It might not be. You know, it just depends to what extent Sabine does have force sensitivity about her. I genuinely think she doesn't. I no, think, I, I, I'm the same. I think the whole thing here with Ahsoka is training because everybody has some connection to the force. Hers is very low. Um, I think they've been joking a bit about it, especially when she tries to open the yeah. door and it actually shakes because the chimera is going overhead. I think that's the joke. But the reason she knows how to control the uh, the howler is because. That's what the storm the words the stormtrooper said to make him sit down. They basically, she basically just learned the word sit and she used yeah. that on the howler yeah, and he sat. I, I, I know that um, bit, but, but it's yeah. just the, all the other stuff. But maybe that was just her talking to the howler like you would talk to your cat or dog. I think so. Yeah, I, I think, think so. so. Uh, but that, it's also but the noty as yeah. well. It, it, I mean, I know she was doing a lot of gesticulating and stuff, mm. so it was probably more to do with that, but you never know. I just loved hearing them say Ezra Bridger yes, in their, yeah, in yeah, their yeah. cute little voices uh, and repeating back to her. And they probably would have heard his name a few times in 15 years if he's been living with them for a while. So uh, so they picked up on that and then took her there. Um, good call out there from uh, from uh, Russell on uh, Mithru Narodu, which is the original name of Thrawn. That's his original name. So uh, he's gone through many different iterations of his name. So uh, so good call out there. I'd completely forgotten about that because that's quite a long time ago. Yes, it is. Yeah. Mm. He tends to drop that. And it also gives that aristocratic thing, you know, yeah. I, I think a bit of credence. Uh, but good stuff. Thanks, Russell. Excellent. Yes. Thanks, Russell. Mindy Megan says, okay, admittedly, as someone who hasn't done the suggested reading before the course of completely understanding the history of the characters, I've struggled a bit to see why we should be rooting for Sabine and why the my friend is lost and maybe I can find him plot line is enough to carry such a large part of the story. We know she cares about Ezra. He's like her family. But wouldn't her collective care for Hira and her son and Ahsoka outweigh giving up the map and the risk of Thrawn coming back. Not to mention her just trusting that Ezra is alive and well and seeing him again isn't code for him being frozen in carbonite or in forever suspended animation in a medical bacta tank. I feel like as a Mandalorian she'd be more suspicious or cautious or even stop to consider that someone in this process isn't being totally honest with her. 
while we, the audience, are like, uh, yeah, duh, the bad guys are manipulating you? Or is she a character that we know just makes questionable choices and we're supposed to love her for it anyway? I'm really hoping the last two episodes give us more reason explanation for all this focus on this plot point, and I'm anxiously awaiting hearing what you guys have to say about it and hear your take on it. I definitely have a lot of useful content and background that I wouldn't otherwise have if I wasn't listening along with the podcast every week, which makes me wonder if part of the Disney Plus audience who haven't seen Clone Wars or Rebels, like me, are similarly feeling a little confused or left behind to wonder why we should care about Sabine, or is her purpose just to F shit up? Which is totally okay and fun too. <laughs> Good stuff, Mindy. Uh, Sabine is a character. Um, is it out of character to, for her to risk everything to go after Ezra? Um, not really. She's risked everything quite a few times. Yeah, that is uh, kind yeah. of part of her character. Um, she's not trying to mess th- things up, but I think at this stage, after 15 years, she may be thinking this is her one last chance to save him and kind of thinking maybe this won't lead to the end of and death of the galaxy. She might be a bit more positive about the situation here uh, that she could be able to go off there, uh, save Ezra and then deal with the next problem as it presents herself and uh, maybe not less thrown out of that galaxy and back to this one. Yeah. And it'd um, be interesting because I think she does know Thrawn. And I think while she might not outwardly be expressing it, I'm not entirely sure Certainly with Thrawn, she would be taking it at face value. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And even, you know, with Balin, it's like, for her, I think the importance is that there is a deal here with him. Mm-hmm. And she has gotten that. But the fact it came from Thrawn might undermine that. Because I think she is deeply suspicious of him. True. She, and maybe that's her issue. Is she doesn't, is she taking any note, you know, of, of of what he's saying. I think so. And yeah. I, th- I, yeah, I, yeah think I think so, so too. I think so. On the relationship between Ezra and um, Sabine, there was definitely a bit of will they, won't they earlier on in the series. <laughs> they were the two kids of the of the group that hung around together all the time and Ezra kind of uh, pushed it with her a few times and then as the as the war went on, I guess, as they became this family of rebels against each other, that kind of storyline dropped away. But now, Absence makes the heart grow fonder, as they say. So maybe that's what um, there's something between Sabine and, and Ezra. But again, I suppose it doesn't matter. Here is sorted with her son. Herself and Ahsoka had split apart before this. They're not really mended back together, even at this stage. The most important person in her <laughs> life is Ezra Bridger. And effectively, she was told, either you make this decision now or it's cut off forever. If you yeah. destroy the map, you will never see Ezra Bridger again. So uh, so even if it's not a love interest, they may not go that way, but they might. Even if it's not that, she was being told, this is your last opportunity to find Ezra Bridger. And if you decide to go along with what Ahsoka recommended, you will never see him again. That's a big choice. Yeah. Um, so. And maybe her choice as well, you know, might come out in the last two episodes is that she was prepared not to return. Yeah, back. that's true. Yeah, yeah. She did say she didn't yeah. want to talk about how, what got her there and wanted to enjoy yeah. the moment uh, being so, there with Ezra. So maybe, yeah, maybe she was making that that choice to go one way. Yeah, I think they'll call it. They'll either use the brother-sister and they'll call it explicitly or they'll leave some lingering gazes to build an additional will they, won't they? Yeah, or hey, um, it's Star Wars. They can do both. Uh, Luke and Leia, anybody? Yeah. <laughs> they they will walk away from that very quickly. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks, thanks so much, uh, Mindy. And um, I, I think, look, you're not in the, in the only person in that camp to kind of 
have these questions. So I think because uh, I called out in this episode, I think there's they'll they'll do it over the next while. They will start to call out more and more, be a bit more explicit. Yeah. But again, it's I think is I think we're as well. Joking when we say homework, it's not homework. It's just additional lore. Yeah. And I I think as well, you know, in a sense, this Ahsoka series is just the beginning of this live action. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we know there's other projects planned here. So I think it's... And it's also much easier to tell these stories when both characters are on on screen and we've just been introduced to Ezra. So, uh, yeah, we'll get get their connection much more, hopefully, in the last two episodes. Yeah. Thanks so much, Mindy. Yeah, thanks, Mindy. Next up, we have KJ Bonham, who said... It seems to be getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely. Pretty much. I think uh, as a whole, each episode usually is somewhat better. I'm a bit down on this one, but I know in everyone's a bit higher on me than me. So let's just say yes. Thanks so much, KJ. Next up, we also have some feedback from Joel Sharpton, who had this to say. I'm very excited for what's next, but that's been my feeling since basically the start of The Mandalorian. Disney-era Star Wars, in my opinion, have been very good at building anticipation and less good at paying it off. If everything is building, then eventually has to be built. I'm hoping the building Felonian team are working on is as beautiful as the blueprints they've laid out for us. Having read the first Thrawn canon novels now, watch all of Rebels, I'm happy with Lars's portrayal, but... Like with Ahsoka itself, my guess is the look continues to evolve slightly the more screen time he has. Yeah. Thanks, Joel. Yeah, I think we... If you mean throwing canon novels, is there actually new ones? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. I haven't even... I'm going by old yes. canon or, like, lore or legends, mm-hmm. so... I have the first one. Ones, I oh, need well. to start to read it. Yes. You need to report back next time uh, on that. Well, um, maybe after the end of Ahsoka and the other 12 shows I think we're covering over the next uh, next <laughs> yes. month or so. But yes, uh, yes. definitely want to know what that novel's like. Um, so I'll be reading it soon too. Yeah, and then uh, for me, I, I think the blueprints will pay off. Like, yeah. I've yet to see... I uh, And again, I, it eats their own. I know it's your opinion. I personally am love... With Star Wars, it's all Star Wars all the time, and I'm okay. It's like Marvel. It's Some of it's going to be great, like Andor. Some of it's going to be okay, like mm-hmm. Boba Fett. Some of it's going to be amazing animated, like Bad Batch. Some of it's going to be way too much, like Clone Wars. I haven't got a chance to watch. This is, if you have time, you want to get invested, you're going to have all this amazing stuff. I think Filoni's universe, personally, my opinion is the... Is the interesting thing, I'm, I'm, they're building this gap out like what they did in Bad Match. They're building this time where we did go, wait, what happened in that big gap between mm. Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens? You kind of, can we get some story there? Absolutely. Um, and I think that's where I'm going to be so interested in seeing. And I think it will pay off. I, yeah. I think they have the right people, but that's again, my opinion. Yeah. And I know everyone has slightly differing. I hope so. Cause I know that is certainly laid at the feet of jj abrams his his way of making movies and tv shows has always been the mystery box and the payoff for that mystery box never really pays off and that was absolutely true of his star wars when he set up force awakens most of those stories didn't actually pay off in the way 
most people were expecting. There was a completely different director in the middle who changed everything, and then it had to be changed back to fit uh, yeah. J.J. Abrams' version for the third movie. So uh, that definitely has been level at the Star Wars movies. A bit less so with the, with the series, but knowing now that Filoni's aiming for this joined-up movie, that's probably where a lot of this stuff's going to pay off. I would, wouldn't be surprised if this series... Um, ends with Thrawn arriving back in the galaxy and maybe we get a couple of minutes of that and then that story is left there until a future uh, a future uh, movie or TV show I can't I don't think we're going to have a massive space battle at the end where Thrawn dies in this series to close off the story I think it will be opening up the world wider rather than shutting it down yeah definitely yeah. I, I still think they'll they'll do in Soka too to bridge the gap between now and the movie potentially I think that's where well, they'll do it because we know that very quickly, because I know we also have additional feedback. Um, there, there's Mandalorian, Boba Fett, uh, the skeleton crew, and Ahsoka are all feeding into this culmination Filoni film. Yeah, so far. Um, yeah. So, so far. So I was like, but also that's still not fully written mm-hmm. to our knowledge. And again, think you've got to then probably fill that void while they actually film it. So I'm assuming it's quicker to film six episodes yeah. of Ahsoka or eight episodes of Ahsoka than the full film. So I think they'll top it up with one or two little things or like a book of X, a book of Ezra. Well, maybe, maybe, but these things F. are expensive. And what we know from Bob Iger is that uh, Disney aren't willing to spend as much money as they used to be in the past. So, oh, true. Uh, so true. maybe this will all be stripped back and we'll just get those shows and the movie, and that will take them for the next eight-year plan <laughs> for uh, for everything. One show well, every yeah. two years, maybe that's it. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks so much, Joel. Yeah. And a very happy birthday as we record today. It's Joel's birthday. Excellent hey, stuff. Happy birthday. happy birthday, Joel, and thank you so much for the feedback mm-hmm. as well. Cool stuff. Uh, also on Facebook, Dr. Bob Phillips says, what a great tale of adventure, double dealings, and we now obviously need... An add-on mini-sode or even short podcast series of Huyang telling bedtime stories from the temple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thrawn is obviously the ultimate baddie as he wants to kill whale squids. There you go. Little snaily hobbity things look like they may be subject to extreme prejudice soon. <laughs> and how come the howlers get saddled up western style? The European saddle and riding technique is far more adaptable and probably better suited to battle beasts. Loved the CGI lip-licking and creeping forward while still obediently tota. Exactly. I think <laughs> you nailed it on the head there, mm-hmm. Dr. Bob, as to why I really enjoyed the, the howler here. Um, the lip-lipping was certainly part of it. Certainly, sure. uh, as he saw the next uh, big feast with the noti. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I hope they don't get too much prejudice as well, the yeah. noty. Certainly the not from noty. that, yeah. the, the two detachments of stormtroopers. But good stuff. Thanks, Dr. Bob. Yeah, and there you go. Dr. Bob has answered your question there, Chris. Um, to prove the Thrawn is the most evil man in the galaxy, he's targeting Purgle. So, um, yeah, takes one of those out, and we know we need to take <laughs> him out. Excellent stuff. Thanks, Dr. Bob. Uh, Lindsay Law says, This episode means so much to me, having rewatched Rebels in preparation for Ahsoka. Ezra became my favourite because of his character development. To see him after all that time has passed and be reunited with Sabine is truly heartwarming. Unfortunately, as this is Star Wars, you just know there's about to be a major conflict between them, especially once Ezra finds out what it cost for Sabine to find him. Yep. 
And then there's the aspects of Balin and Shin and Thrawn and the Night Sisters. There is so much to unpack there. All these little teases that make me hope we get more info and not rush everything. I'm so looking forward to the remaining episodes and the revelations we will get, as well as how Ahsoka as a show will be a pivotal moment for the whole Star Wars canon. May the Force be with you, lads, and with my fellow Rebels. Excellent stuff. Thanks, Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks, Lindsay. I totally agree. I think, you know, this is just kind of, you know, setting just the introduction of these two characters, as well as Mm -hmm. Thrawn and Ezra, as well as the rest of the Rebels. Granted, we've had more time with Sabine and Hera at this point, but it is, you know, I think just the beginning. And I think we've got a lot of a lot more information and unpacking uh, to come with the other uh, series like Chris has mentioned, you know, as yeah. well as everything we got back in, in the past through the, through the animated shows. So mm-hmm. yeah, cannot wait. Absolutely. I'm just hoping that Chopper stowed away on, uh, on a soaker ship. That'd um, be so somehow. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a bit more in next episode. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Thanks, Lindsay. Yep. Thanks, Lindsay. Next up, we have some feedback from Harvey Locust, who had this to say. The Stormtroopers having repaired their armor with gold was a nice touch. Kintsugi, the art of repairing broken pottery with gold, is meant as a metaphor for embracing and celebrating your imperfections. It's things like that my technical brain has to set aside for the metaphor. That would actually be shitty armor. (laughs) Same with the whales moving through space like it's water. Just enjoying the look, and yes, the dialogue is lacking, or strangely paced at points, but Hayang, damn, he said it. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> he did. A long time ago, a galaxy Absolutely. far, far away. I love it. I love that connection to um, to uh, fixing pottery with gold. Yeah. That's uh, that's really cool. Yeah, that uh, is really interesting. Yeah. Even though it would be yeah. bad armor, I like the metaphor. I like it. Yeah. Good stuff. As yeah. well as fixing the, the uh, Star Destroyer with gold with as gold. well, by the yeah. looks. Maybe they're just trying to find a way to steal all the gold without the, um, without the, <laughs> yeah. the mothers knowing. Uh, yeah, yeah, we needed to um, fix our ship and yeah. to create a yeah. lovely mask for myself. This isn't worth anything back in our galaxy Ladies. at all. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Brilliant yeah. stuff. Thanks, Harvey. Yeah, thanks, Harvey. Uh, also, Richard Blaze says, after last week's really strong episode, I personally thought this was even better. Mm-hmm. Just seemed tighter and more coherent throughout. Loving the new look stormtroopers, they really are things of nightmares. With Thrawn, whilst an amazing portrayal, I probably need a few more episodes to buy into his look, as his rebel's appearance is so ingrained in my brain, though I didn't feel this way when Ezra turned up. All seems to be hurtling at a fair old speed now to the final two episodes. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much, Richard. Yeah, I agree. I I think we could be in for a felony extravaganza. I hope I'm not wrong in that. Um, otherwise, I've got egg on my face. I guess. <laughs> but don't worry, wipe it off. We'll, we'll I'll wipe it off, and yeah. we can make an omelet out of it or something. Oh my god, it's wet egg. Yeah, fa- I'm just going like it's like like egg sandwich kind of egg, but it's wet <laughs> egg. Oh my god. Well, it could be both, I guess. But why would someone throw a sandwich at you if you, if you got something wrong? They throw an an unboiled egg, yeah, that, a raw I mean, egg. That's what I, they throw at yeah, you. Yeah, well, that's why. 
I didn't say it. Don't look at me. Um, and the phrase isn't, I've that. got egg and cress on my face. <laughs> exactly. That's what I had in my head. And some like, white oh, bread. Big, chunk yeah. of like, with a bit of yellow, a bit of green. Weird. There's some bread there, there like a few seeds. But we won't blame you. We would blame Filoni if he didn't do it, so... Yes, um, exactly. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, you know, uh, don't oversell it, but the season has been great so far for me. Um, the last couple of episodes, particularly the last three episodes, have been fantastic. So uh, keep up this level for the next two episodes. I'm, Absolutely. I'd be delighted coming you out know, of it. You know, the yeah. last two episodes do have an important thing to, to play because the, w- all the all the audience needs to be like that howler licking its chops mm-hmm. at the nosey. Uh, by the end of it, creeping and wanting to creep forward to lick that shell to mm. get to the next uh, installment of, of this. Absolutely. So they are the important. Gooey inside of the story. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, to be honest, I, I do agree with Richard. You know, the look of Thrawn, I think, does have to, um, I think you do have to get used to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel he's a bit more shiny compared to, and that's because. Previously, it was an animation. Hmm. And I think, like we've just said, you know, there will be iterations here. So I, I guess the look will change. Yeah. I and mean, even, you know, Vader from uh, New Hope through to uh, Return of the Jedi, you know, that armor just got better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks, Richard, for the feedback. Um, and I'm certainly with you on Ezra as well. He looked uh, fab. He did. He did. Thanks so much for your feedback, Richard. And thanks to everybody for the feedback. If you yeah. want to send the feedback to us, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. Remember to subscribe to the podcast at tvpodcastindustries.com. We are covering loads of other shows. We're coming up to our biggest week of the year very soon. Uh, we are covering Wheel of Time, uh, Season 2, Episode 6, uh, this week. We'll be covering Episode 7 of Ahsoka next week. And the week after that, we have the finale of Ahsoka, the finale of The Wheel of Time, the beginning of The Boys Gen V, our spin-off show of The Boys, one of our biggest uh, series so far, and the beginning of Loki, our biggest Marvel show so far. What are we going to do, boys? Well, be like Loki and travel through time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, or be like Ezra and just go to a different galaxy. No one can find us. You can't yeah, call become it. nomadic. No one can <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we also are becoming nomadic. We're going away for three days during the week of the of all of those launches yeah. uh, as well. So. so there may be a few little delays there on some of yes. the the episodes that we're covering. Yeah. Why do they release three episodes of some of the shows? I at, know. At the same time as all the other shows are ending. Who has time for this stuff? We'll make it. We'll do yes. it. Yes. <laughs> because we, we love it. Because uh, we enjoy doing it as well. So Exactly. Everybody got time for that and said, ain't nobody got time for that. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. There you Absolutely. Go. Thank you so much for everyone listening. Don't forget, if you do like what you hear, head on over to patreon.com slash TV podcast industries, where you can throw us a book on an ongoing monthly installment to help keep the lights and mics going. Ain't got that. Don't worry, want to do a one-off, go buy Derek Coffee. So as he edits away into the wee hours of the night by buymecoffee.com slash TVPI. Or, don't want to do that, ain't got time for that, no worries. Head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com and click on the links for the different podcast catchers. Rate us, review us, do all the things, share it with your friends, find your long-lost friend like Ezra Bridger, tell him about tvpodcastindustries.com. Mm-hmm. New shows are coming Old shows are ending. We want to bring on all the new listeners, defenders, and every industrialists. Bring them all to us. 
Thank you very much. Absolutely, because remember, we need to get enough of an audience to do a whole live show. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. With people coming to some kind of theater to watch us live and uh, it'll be covered by costs. That would be a massive increase in listenership uh, for our podcast. So uh, share it with everybody uh, that you possibly yeah. can find. Yeah, well, yes, uh, because, of course, sharing the podcast is, of course, sharing what, gentlemen? The love. Sharing the love. Of Absolutely. It is. Thanks so much for joining us. Talk to you again next time. Yes, thank you so much. We'll speak to you next week. Yes, thank you so much, fellow Rebels, for joining us for Part 6 until Part 7. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, and, of course, keep rebelling. Bye. Bye. Bye.